It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, and welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast. I am Kate Nelligan, and I have my mom here, Peggy Nelligan. Go ahead and say hi, Mom. Hi, everyone. So today our topic is money mindfulness, and we're going to be talking about the metaphysical meaning and the energy behind money, and hopefully you'll have some tips and uh, ways of thinking about and being with money that will be helpful to you. I know this is a hot button topic for a lot of people as money is something that I believe we all have some issues in healing to do around, uh, as it is one of our main sources, uh, resources here on earth. So I'm really excited because the metaphysical teachings uh, are something that are just kind of a higher elevation point to look at, perspective to have around money, and maybe some of these are new to you and will be helpful in your process. So let's dive in, Mom. We have talked a lot personally about money in the past, and I just would love to hear, since I know you are a part of the Metaphysical Center of New Jersey and me being a coach, you know, life and business coach, I certainly work with clients a lot on this as well. Let's dive in. So let's just start broad. What is money from a metaphysical perspective? <laughs> yeah, that that is really a good question because we all know the term. We, know, we have it as coins. We have it as paper. But it's really, um, it's just energy. That's the bottom line. And in terms um, of a metaphysical perspective, we, we really talk about oneness, and that, that's the key, and it's kind of broad, but some people use the word God, source, the all, you know, there are different terms for it, but it's the concept of oneness. Oneness means it is everything, everything that is, as well as nothing at the same time. So everything that is manifests in a certain way, and the energy becomes crystallized. So we look at things around us, including people, that is a crystallized form of this oneness. And money is exactly that. It's a concretized energy form that we use, and we've given it the name money. And that's basically all that it is. It's crystallized energy. And money is, like, taken different physical forms, obviously, from coins to paper bills to now, like, digital. Um, And then, you know, even looking into, like, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and whatnot, there's just, like, this interesting evolution of, like, the physicality of money as well. Um, And so I'm just curious, like, when you – when you think about money from a metaphysical perspective – what are what are ways that we can think about money that are healthy ways of thinking about money versus sort of like unhealthy ways? Right. Well, you know, again, when you think of what money is, like you use the different the evolution of money in different ways. I think one of the basic earliest forms of that was what was called barter. 
you know, this for that, whether it was seashells or coffee beans or whatever it would be. And as you say, bring it up to, and we don't even know what the future will be. But as long as we are involved in some kind of a trade or an exchange of goods and services, money will be necessary. So I've heard that when you're in the fifth dimension, there is no money um, because they don't, um, the use of, of exchange of goods and services is not done in that same way. But here on Earth, in third dimension, um, we need money, and it has a certain agreed-upon value, whatever that is. But it's an active, it's used in an active exchange in this time and space. So I'm not sure um, what that means. You know, it's basically when you think of money, it's used in service. We use it either to purchase things or um, to give things away, whatever, to buy for others. But it's a, it's a form of service that we use money for. I think it's interesting because when I think about, like, the mental telepathy skills that people have, like, I'm noticing it even myself. Like, I texted to clients yesterday, old clients, and I just said, hey, I've been thinking about you. And they both texted back. Actually, I was thinking about you recently, too. And I'm like, so much is going on in the exchange of, like, thought that is so fast now because of social media and digital technology and, like, all of the metaphysical technologies um, that we Mm -hmm. may or may not be aware of that I think money will be – it's interesting how it is exchanged, like, so quickly now through digital technology, like with the advent of PayPal and Venmo and Zelle and all these other things. It's just so interesting because I'm noticing that what would have taken forever in the past for communication, right? Me writing a letter, delivering it via a horse, right? Mm -hmm. Or other form back in the day is now instantaneous, but through social media. But then when you think about even mental telepathy, like I've thought about these clients probably had some form of mental telepathy communication with them and now it's getting kind of validated through these text messages which are also very quick um so i just Mm -hmm. think the exchange it makes sense to me in 5d that there would be a different form of an exchange rather than like printing a paper bill and handing it to someone and i think the whole cashless thing which we could probably do a whole session on it's like a cashless society is so fascinating to me because to me there's something really precious about I don't know, I'm still of that generation, which, of course, you are even older, to be in the place of, like, touching a book, right, and, like, touching money as a reality. Like, when you hold a bill, which I know you wanted people to do, and I actually have my clients do this, which is pull out a bill and hold it and see what comes forward. Like, do a body scan. Mm-hmm. Is there tension anywhere in your body while you're holding the bill? What do you notice about the bill? Do you want to – is your first thought, oh, it's dirty, right? Like, what is going yeah. on as you hold a bill, right? So what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, you know, it's so fascinating because uh, one of the things when I was researching for, for our podcast is the whole idea in the Metaphysical Center that we've used in our course is negative thoughts about money and then when you have a thought that comes up is to transmute it into a positive thought a positive affirmation something so that if you you know if you come in and say i have to work hard to earn money and that is not that was a great piscean age thought you know yeah you had to work hard to get money but that isn't necessarily true 
You might still work hard, but it isn't to get money because money is energy. And if we can keep that in mind that it's, that it's a form of energy, energy doesn't need, as you say, the mental telepathy. You know, that's a word that we've used, but it's, it's the energy of our thoughts. And that's basically what's going on here. So, you know, I think an important thing for people to do, people who are listening and all of us, is just be conscious of your thoughts specifically related about money and then see what you can do to change that thought it can still be the same you know in it but make it in a positive way and i think it um you know people feel that money is is hard to come by and it's like money flows easily and i connect with people you know if i want to but i don't have to work with to get that so anyway it's just it's a different I think that's the important thing to realize about a lot of things in metaphysics. So much of it, we have to attribute it to a, a non-physical realm. And our thoughts are certainly one one of them. Yeah, and we could talk a lot, a lot about thoughts around money, and there's so much. And, like, one of my favorite things that we – I've been to so many different workshops, especially around money, because I've always been fascinated by it. And – one was like this millionaire mind intensive and they had you, they tracked, I think like the top 100 beliefs that people have about money and they mm-hmm. had you check off all the ones that you bought into. And then you spent three days doing really powerful, some somatic, some other work around money to really blow up all of those belief systems. And then at the end they had you check off the ones you still believed. And I think I went from like out of a hundred, I think I went from like 30, 25 to 30 that weren't like super healthy thoughts around money to down mm-hmm. to like two or three. Um, and it was really fascinating because like there's different pieces that the ones, the two or three that remained for me were connected to like gender identity and money, right? Like women don't make as much as men, right? Cause I'm like, oh yeah, of course that's true. <laughs> like I have proof mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> and so it's like, but, um, but then will that ever serve me in the long run if I really buy into that so strongly? So like we do have to question like why we're buying into these and then like it is work to change them. Like there is. Mm-hmm. there is a repatterning or reconditioning yeah. of the mind and the neural pathways that we go through when we start to work on like changing our money consciousness or money mindfulness. So do you have ideas on like how people can do that? I mean, for me, I had to do that intensive, which was really kind of a crucial time for me. Cause it was like after I had left corporate and I was being an entrepreneur which, you know, a lot of people feel like they can only make money from a job, which we'll talk, I'm going to talk about in a minute. But what is your process around changing the belief system? Well, I think the first thing is just catch yourself. <laughs> That's the first thing to do. Because so you, we say this a lot. It's so much of what we do is unconscious. We just, you know, we say we think we do without really being conscious that it's a pattern, a habit of the tape loop is just playing and playing. So I think the first thing is to just simply be conscious of your thoughts. Catch yourself. You know, write them down. Every time you see them, write them down. And then when you have an opportunity, change them. See if you can then think of the, the reverse of something like that. That would be an important thing, I think, to change about your money. Um, I think another thing to realize about in terms of money is there's often a spiritual, at least some people feel that there's a spiritual we, if you're being spiritual, you should not be worried about money. And that 
couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest with you, because whether you call it money to buy things or to barter for something, we need these things in in 3D reality. We That's the way we live. And as long as we're here and we're doing that, we need that medium of exchange so that we can do what we need to do in the world, whether you're spiritual or whether it's a non-spiritual task that you're doing. But I think, um, I'm not positive, but I think some of the um, belief system that's come about on that spiritual poverty consciousness came from the Bible because um, in the Bible it said, blessed are the poor. And if you take that at face value in the word poor, meaning, you know, poverty, then the reality is, well, I, I must not be very spiritual if I'm worried about money or if I'm looking to make money. But the question I think we want to ask ourselves is what was meant by that word? And it was meant poor in spirit, meaning humble or open or waiting to be filled. It is not that we love money to the exclusion of other things, but that we don't want to become attached to it. There are no extremes involved. We we want to find the balance on something. So I think, you know, that's something else that people can do is think about your consciousness related to money. How do you feel about it, you know? And still be well, and there's different role types associated. Like in the intensive I did, they talked about the monk mindset or the monk kind of role. They talk about the spender. They talk about the kind of hoarder um, or the saber. And there's different there's different kinds of roles that we can go into. And we I've been all of them at different points in my life, which I think is great because I've been able to, I can relate to a lot of people because of that. And what's so interesting is that that monk mindset is, is there because there are, if you believe in past lives, there's the past, which we did a whole, you know, episode on that, but there's that whole notion of like, we remember being monks or nuns or times when we had to renunciate, like all the different kind of worldly things, you know, where you are living with someone else feeding you or, you know, paying for your housing and all of that. And the times when we were really in deep connection in a spiritual realm were, times when we were had renunciated right a lot of like the worldly belongings what i have found myself is the more i've grown spiritually the less i care about material the material world and i am still someone that deeply loves luxury i just always will be um but i don't like need it like i look at it now and i'm like wow there's a lot of responsibility in having a five-bedroom house like right like nothing wrong with it it's just like, do I want that? Or would I rather spend my time sitting on the earth with my animals, right? Like, it's there's, it just mm-hmm. becomes like, there's a priority shift. But I think that sometimes we, like, I see a lot in the light workers that we all know we need money. We're not delusional about that. We know we need it. But we know that we're here for something much bigger than, than the material world, right? That we, so we just, are more driven by our purpose and our mission. And I always remind lay workers, like, hey, money just, like one of my favorite beliefs about money is that all it does is amplify who you are and what you do. So if you're already someone that loves to give, if you're already a philanthropist at heart, money is just going to amplify your ability to do that, right? It's going to amplify your ability to spread your mission and your and your message in the world. So, you know, money does not corrupt, which is like a thing that I, I've had to personally, like, release, <laughs> right? Because right. I saw a lot of people that were corrupt. 
I had to release that myself, money just amplifies who we already are. So it really is just um, it's a support system the way all our resources are, time, energy, and money, really our three, and energy slash health are our resources, and they just allow us to do our mission more. So my favorite thing is to get light workers excited about making money and wanting to make more money because that just allows them to be in their purpose even deeper or greater, right? Um, and and to make it fun. I think that's like money actually likes I, the joy energy too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I think what I was going to say is that that whole idea of of being in service. It's not like indebted service, you know, like back in the day of indebted servantry. It's not like that at all. It's just that we. You know, you said if you have enough money, then you can give it away if that's something you want to do. If you don't have enough money, then you have to find something that you can do with what you have. So I think it's important to recognize that, that money is, as you say, it amplifies where you are, who you are, what you want to do in the world. It gives us that because it's it's just an energy. And we still think of it as so much of a concrete thing, you know. Well, and you brought up one of the biggest buzzwords for me, which is the word enough. So, and I work with people all the time on this, having my TEDx talk end with you are enough and dealing with perfectionism. Enoughness is really what I find to be connected to the whole money conversation. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. So there's this deeper core of enoughness, which I personally believe is the number one wound we all carry at different levels and the amount of healing that we've done is connected to our enoughness and our enoughness is often very much tapped into both a societal collective piece, but also an inner child piece. So that's some of my favorite work to do with people. But ultimately, like we get to decide what enough is, right? There's a lot of studies done that like $75,000 a year is, is enough for a lot of people to be able to live decent good lives, right? But then there becomes this pursuit of more. Well, now I'm hitting six figures, but it's low six figures. What if I had high six figures? Oh, now I'm at high six figures. Can I be a millionaire? Like, And having always had this drive for more, it is something that I've really had to balance with. I can still want more, but feel enough at the same time, right? And that Mm -hmm. paradox can live inside of me instead of just like, now what? What's next? What's more? Because then we live with this continual sense of dissatisfaction and discontent, and we live in this unfulfillment, right? And that breeds just a lot of things like addictions and other pieces rather than just feeling enough. And it is just a feeling. It's a cultivation. It's a belief system that we are enough and we have enough. And I work with a lot of very wealthy people, like the top 1% of the world. And I'm fascinated by them because they still have this hunger and drive for more. And I think sometimes that is what gets them more, but it's also, it breeds a discontent. And so like my job as a coach is really to help people balance these two worlds of like, yeah, you can want more. And the secret to believing that you have it all is knowing that you already do, right? It's the gratitude. (laughs) And gratitude to me is the number one attractor for money. Gratitude is, there's a lot of studies done on it, but the more you're consciously writing down and being with and sharing gratitudes, the more you'll actually increase your money. So do you, is there more physical research on that? Well, there is a, well, I, 
chuckled with you because I, I was just thinking about you had a plaque um, in your house at one point, and then I, I said I really needed to see that all the time. The secret to having it all is believing that you do. So the same thing, you know, whether it's enoughness or believing that you have it all, it all boils down to our belief system, our thoughts of whatever it is. So if we put it in perspective, if we change our perspective about it, we can change it. They say it so many times. How many times have you heard? Change your perspective, change your reality. And I think that's right. what and happens like, so often. Back to that belief system, like I was making me think of Byron Katie, which is that whole, like, is it really true? Like, oh, money corrupts. Really? Is that really true? How do you know that's true? How do you know that to be absolutely true? Like she has those questions <laughs> that take you through stuff. And what I love to do is, you know, always being someone that questions things and can have a healthy level of skepticism is go, huh, like, okay, let me run that experiment. Like, so for instance, I kept hearing for a long time, like God is your source, right? Or the unit, whatever word you want to use, universe spirit is your source for money. And I'm like, that's not true. Like my corporate job is, right? And so I went and was like, well, let me run the the experiment, this is one I suggest for all listeners, is run experiments with money. You can, like, have fun with it, play with it. Like, I play games with money all the time, and it's part of why I feel like I usually hit my numbers, and I love attracting it and playing with it. But one of them I did was, okay, well, if God's really my source, and it's not my corporate job at the time, then let me run that experiment. So I said, God, I want you to show me that you're actually my source of money. Show me that money can come out of the blue from nowhere. Like didn't have to do anything for it. Didn't have to go to my job. Didn't come from there. Show me it can just show up in the mail or somehow for me. And I think you remember the story a couple of weeks later. Yeah. I think I got a fifty yeah. a $50 check literally within two weeks, a $50 check from like my bank for some random reason. I recently just got a $20 one from, from my, like my car company. Cause they were like, Oh, you spent too much on the fees. And I'm like, yeah, I told you guys that in the <laughs> office, but you didn't listen to me. And now they just sent me a check. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know? So I was like, thank you. You know? And like, I get excited to like run the experiment and that's one. Like if you really think the only way that you're going to receive money is from this one form of work that you do, run the experiment that it can come a different way. Right. My other favorite one is the, which I still work with pretty much weekly um, and help a lot of clients with too, is that the whole notion that we can only um, make money by working hard. Right. Like I, (laughs) grew up with an Irish father who believes you have to work hard for your money. And I bought that for a very long time. And I still think we do need to put action out for, for money. I do. That said, I played with the whole, okay, I'm going to make money by just having fun by doing nothing. And I didn't believe that it could happen, but I was like, let me really run the experiment and see if I can believe that I can have money doing nothing and just relaxing and, and elevating my vibration. So I said really strongly to to my guides, I'm going to go to the pool. I want to believe that I can do nothing and have fun and still make money. Like, please show me it's possible if it really is possible. <laughs> I was at a pool for two hours in Los Angeles. And I came back in and I was feeling great. And I, I had totally forgot about my intention. And like 30 minutes later, I checked my phone. And I had a woman reach out and said, I saw your thing on meetup for the horse, this horse coaching thing. I want to come 
I can't put a group of three together, but I'll pay your full price for the whole group. And can you do it in a couple of days? And I was like, Oh my God, that just happened while I was at the pool. <laughs> you know, so it's, and I really, I have proven myself, you know, I love to run these experiments and I just encourage people to do that. Like, don't take my word for something or your word for something, you know, or your, the, the reality you grew up with as a kid, like go play with the, energies of the metaphysics of it and the universal energy of money and go see if you can change the game for yourself right like yeah and that's what they say yeah that's that's the phrase that you hear all the time all you need to do is ask and then get excited like you did when it shows up and that's how it keeps circulating it because it's just an exchange of energy so if you put out um, a request, and it comes in, and you're excited about it, what, what's the next step going to be? Oh, okay, that seems to be working. Let's do it again. Let's do it again on both sides. The energy is reciprocal. It's going to go back and forth that way. Whereas if you put out the, oh, I'll ask, okay, I'll run the experiment. Oh, it didn't happen. No, I knew it wasn't going to happen. No matter what I do, guess what? <laughs> How could it possibly happen any differently for you? You must raise, you use the keyword, you must raise your vibration. The, the law of attraction and the law of abundance, the laws in general, have to do, that is one of the major principles in metaphysics, is the law of vibration. If you are a vibrational match for anything, that's what's going to happen, whether it's positive or negative. So if you're putting out negative vibrations, how could anything possibly change? If you're putting out positive vibrations, yeah, we're going to run into bumps on the road because that's what happens here on Earth. But the chances are that you're not going to run into you know, obstacles you can't overcome. They're going to be things that you can work with. I don't know. I am a big person. Lately, it's been a lot on vibration for me. Raise your vibration and you will change your reality a lot. Well, and like with the disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with us in our current vibrational state because we're all going through a lot. Like I'm a huge fan of being like you're enough and you're okay right now. Like it's not this continual like now what's the next vibration? What's the next thing to do? Like I am exhausted sometimes by the personal development movement and self-help movement that's like more. It's like constantly like we need to do more, be more, have more. It's like we're enough right now. (laughs) We are. And we are also going through a lot of collective trauma. So to give ourselves a whole lot of patience and a whole lot of love. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of challenges. Like people launched businesses and the pandemic hit like a week later or a week before. And like they have pivoted. They've been resilient. Like a lot of us just need compassion for where we're at right now with whatever we have. And then we can spend five minutes a day, right? Five minutes a day in the shower or wherever raising our vibration, right? And and to, to watch the script that we tell. But ultimately, like a lot of people went through stuff regardless of their mindset, mom, right? Like, and that's where I, I need to like clarify this. Well, I'm going to jump in and just say, but when you said we should have compassion, compassion is a very high vibration. Gratitude is a very high vibration. So it's not that we have to do something to artificially raise our vibration at all. 
I think we need to be aware. Yeah, but there's days aware. where people can't get out of bed right now, and they're raising their vibration to luxury, right? So, like, that's where I go, which is, like, it's okay to be where you're at and yes. have the desire to spend a couple minutes just what, what it takes to raise your vibration. And, like, one of them is a gratitude practice, 100%. Another is questioning mm-hmm. your thoughts, which we talked about. My favorite, mm-hmm. easiest one that I've done, and I give to all my clients, is the receiving practice, which is literally tracking every day ways you received. It will immediately start to change your neural pathways and your your perspective over things, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of us are givers. A lot of light workers are givers. And we can get depleted and exhausted because we're also collectively empathing what's going on on the planet, not just our own lives. So the receiving practice is a beautiful thing, which I've done every time I've done it. Oh my God, I have manifested the world's coolest things like a free free car, a free trip to Hawaii, like you name it. Like I've been able to really grow my capacity to receive and the horses are still helping me by putting their noses up to my left side all the time to like open up those channels that can get easily blocked. Um, but like to track what you receive every day, even if it's just a compliment, even if it's just like someone cooked you a meal and, and you enjoy, like, so you really start to like focus your mind, body, spirit on what you are receiving, right? What you, instead mm-hmm. of like telling the story that you are giving too much or there's not like nothing happening for you, like that's where instead of sitting and questioning your belief system, just start to really like laser focus on what you are already receiving. And there, right. there's practices where you literally write down sometimes like the amount of money too, which I love. And I also feel really strongly we need to track our numbers, but that's another practical thing for a second. But mm-hmm. you've done the receiving. You and I have talked a lot about receiving, right? And that's yeah. actually a huge piece to money mindfulness. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, again, again, maybe I'm saying it on too much, but that is a high vibrational practice. Receiving is the other side of giving. So it has to it has to be in the flow, in the circle or it doesn't work. Otherwise, you give, give, give and then you get resentful, etc. But if you if you balance it, because so much of this is just is a balance in life. It's the giving and the receiving. But if you're focusing only on the one part of it, that's not so helpful. Whereas if you can focus, and and if you're not focusing on the receiving part, then that becomes very helpful then to at least balance out the other part. So, no, I agree with you. I think think those are good, really solid practices for people to do. Well, and the receiving piece is the feminine, right? It's like, and so much of what the Pisces age and the patriarchal age has been is like this doing energy, which is, has created a lot of exhaustion, especially for female systems that are not run on adrenaline. And we do need to practice the energy of receiving. I'll never forget the most powerful activation I ever had was with an incredible Himalayan yogic master called Yogaraj and he I had like a private moment for him I walked up the stairs he took one look at me turned his head and just gave me a transmission which was the goddess's prosperity and my whole system like lit up like it was like amazing and I share it now and I get emotional too because I can feel the energy of it which is that I think the biggest thing the patriarchy wanted us to forget was that the goddess's prosperity Right, which, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's truly one of those things where when we live into the energy of the feminine spirit, we do receive and we create prosperity through our beingness, to your point, vibration, rather than Mm -hmm. necessarily this like hustle or like in many ways old slave culture, which, you know, and I say that word with a lot of love because it can show up in a lot of different ways. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, but one other thing to kind of lighten that a little bit is I, on a practical side, love to share with people that I personally believe money likes to know where it's going. (laughs) It likes to have like a job the way we all kind of like to have a purpose and a thing to do. And, um, you know, what I find is that, if I write down where my money is going to go, like what I want to, like what courses I want to invest in or what things I want to do with it, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll come to you to do that. I'll partake in that with mm-hmm. you. And so I think tracking our numbers and knowing our numbers is really helpful. I talk to a lot of women, they're like, I just don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, okay, well, what message are you sending to money? You don't want to deal with mm-hmm. money. Why would money come and be in a relationship with you if it's its own mm-hmm. energetic? So I think it's important, not necessarily, I've always tracked my money, like I've always kept a budget and um, and I've always like tracked where it's going, the flow out and the flow in. And I know like the monthly nugget. I know a lot of people also don't even know like what they want to make, but the way I was able to leave corporate America was knowing I could replace my monthly nugget and I call it a nugget because it's just fun, right? So that way I could create a pathway from corporate to calling for me because I was able to know what the monthly numbers were for me to have to replace without a corporate entity doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of also like writing down on a practical side, having the mindfulness to write down your numbers. So -hmm. that way you're not surprised or worried about, you know, it each month you're you have some clarity yeah. around it and, and yeah so what's your thought on and you talk about blessing money too yeah right absolutely whether whether it's blessing the money that's coming in or blessing the money that's going out one of the best things you know I remember for a while there I was doing a lot on tithing and 10% of whatever the income was, and you tithe. And my idea of tithing was always giving to some sort of a charity, you know, which is fine, and, and that's okay. But it, it, if you think of it the way I had heard about it was, think of it, how can you tithe or give a portion to whatever, whoever, whatever is your spiritual teaching teacher? So it may be that you have, um, you've gone out to lunch or dinner, and the waiter or waitress said something, did something that gave you a bit of an aha moment in some way. Maybe leave them an extra tip that day. Uh, do some of your tithing that way. It's whatever gives you that spiritual lift in life, whether it's a course you're taking or people you're meeting or, you know, whatever it could be. That's one way to think about tithing. Um, and it, it's everything I've read about it is it's a pretty amazing practice and has been going on for thousands of years um, to give a portion of your income. And it can be right. on a daily basis or a long-term basis, you know. Well, and it's just like random acts of kindness too, or whether you do it, you're anonymous or not. Like I love – so my thing is every month I pick a charity that I give to that's usually animal. And if I'm not giving financial, I'm giving 
services, animal communication sessions mm-hmm. or equine coaching sessions to someone so they can use it in their silent auction. And I've done that a lot and I love it. And mm-hmm. so they get to raise money through my services if you can't give financially. But ultimately, I find too, like the acts of services, like I bought a dad and his son, like, um, you know, some, some root beer ones at a drive-thru or like paying for the toll. I've done that for the person behind me or like putting extra money in someone's parking meter, like the random acts of kindness tied to money in particular is another like beautiful way Wonderful. to like activate abundance. Yeah. Because it's yeah, the mindset absolutely. of like, of course I can do this for someone. Of course I can help them, yeah. right? Of, yeah. So yeah. there's more than enough. And like the belief system that money flows to you and is always available to be created is like one of my favorite belief systems. And so I know we could talk about this forever. There's like one other area I know. I kind of tap into, <laughs> which is like being in what I call kind of like right relationship with money. And there's two ways that I look at it. One is through the shadow side. And the other is through, like, the calling, being in your calling. <laughs> so I could do a whole thing on just the shadow side of money because I'm fascinated by it. But, like, there are times when we go through really big challenges with money, right, whether it's, like, the unexpected car breaking down or, like, I had a $4,000 vet bill when my cat was sick and then, you know, a week later didn't have a cat. It It was really tough you know I feel like I call them kind of what feels like money violations like when money feels like it's not working for you or it's hurtful and there's just at that time a lot of like forgiveness right I know you've been through a money violation and there's just this element of like to not stay in the story of it too long like you know and to know that I love um Divine Law of Compensation by Marion Williamson and as a book and I also because she says you can absorb this loss and that is a beautiful belief system to have mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. that we don't beat ourselves or others up about certain sad situations or challenging right. situations and get with money. Stuck there. You don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Right. right. And like, right. And get angry. Another is I love Janine Roth's book, Lost and Found, which is unexpected revelations about food and money. And like, she talks about a money violation she went through and how she came through it, how it made her stronger. So there's a lot in the shadow side. There's also a lot of what I call like the calling side. And I work with a lot of people who are like, I don't want to make money this way anymore. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to work for quote unquote the man or be in a place where I'm just trading time for dollars. Like what else can I do? And there's a level of like, how do you get creative and really in touch with your soul's desire (laughs) for money creation and whether it's like doing the art that you know you're so talented at that all of a sudden takes off, right? Or getting, like, I have, t- I have a couple friends who are really well-paid artists, and they love it, right? And you can still get burned out in your calling, but it's a little bit different than when you get burned out really working for someone else's dream or someone else's vision instead of it being your own. So there's also the right alignment with money, which I think it just kind of, for me, money flows because I'm in a right relationship with it because I'm doing what I came here to do. Um, And I love helping people find that too, if they're in the process, like, hey, I'm ready for that. But (laughs) 
as an elder mom, what is your, you know, knowing that at some point, you know, within I don't know how many years, hopefully another hundred, right? But, like, you'll pass and you won't be taking money with you. How are you with that process now? And also not necessarily, like, your money comes through, as you said, something you did, you know, as a teacher years ago, right? But Mm -hmm. how does it feel now to be in a different place where you're not necessarily generating it each day by your actions or and also knowing that at some point you'll leave it all behind like where just in your statements as we wrap this up how do you feel about all of that yeah I you know there's always a time because I always think oh I'd love to be able to do this or I'd love to be able to do that and there is a limit to what we have you know because we are on a fixed income quote fixed income it doesn't have to be though and I think that's the difference is that to have what I call fear energy, you know, is that, you know, no, this is, this is all we can do. Now I can't, I can't put, you know, this extra head, go out and buy this extra thing or do that. No, that's the end of it. And once you begin to have that fear energy surrounding it, money will dry up. There's only going to be so much, you know, a friend of mine was just saying, gee, the New Jersey um, the government of New Jersey is going to run out of money and the teachers union will not be able to pay its pension anymore. And I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> but, and, and there are people living in fear that way. And that's a surefire way to make sure that something like that's going to happen. So I choose not to, whatever the situation is, I just catch my mind saying something and I choose to buy into the fear energy of it because it doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah, and it's it's but a I, negative future fantasy, right? We might as well yeah. we might as well win in our future fantasy. Well, I love right. this, and I know we could talk about this forever because I am super passionate yeah. about this topic, and there's all the metaphysical pieces behind it and energy pieces. But we are going to wrap it up. So, any kind of sounds good last minute tips or anything on this for people? No. Nope. Okay. Well, I thank think you so much done for good for now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been great. People got some good tips. Okay, good. Hopefully people got some good tips and thank you for sharing your wisdom and all the research and information you pulled together. So I strongly encourage people to pick at least one practice to bring some money mindfulness into their daily lives and to grow their abundance. I would love to see um, everyone listening and the uh, light workers have more money. So uh, it will just help the planet. So light to that. Let's manifest that. And thanks again, Mom. Sounds so grateful good. you're here with us. Yeah. Sounds great, Katie. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.